Hi, this is Carrie Life Art and you are listening to podcast Body is a Temple in this episode. Uh, way hundreds of thousands of years back in the past when we were at great risk from everything. Um, we had constant, constant risks every, every day. Everyday life was a constant risk. So we were always on the lookout for, for these threats. Modern life far, far safer, far fewer threats. There's very few things that actually pose a, a significant risk to us on a day-to-day -day basis. But our mind is still expecting there to be constant things. So it kind of almost makes up risks and makes up fears because it knows it's doing something. So it make, almost makes them up to fill, fill that gap because it hasn't got used yet to the concept that life isn't that threatening anymore. Hi, this is Carrie Life Art and you are listening to Body is a Temple, podcast that will motivate and inspire you to live longer and look younger. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Carrie Life Art and you are listening to Body is a Temple. And today I'm recording this intro from San Marcos, Guatemala. You might hear some boats in the background, maybe people walking, talking and birds. I have a little delay with publishing this episode because I was traveling here from Tulum in Mexico and I got really sick and I was just stuck in bed for a couple of days and um, what I learned through my podcast journey from my guests actually helped me a lot one of the things that um, you can listen in my previous episode with Nina helped me to decide to keep living when I was feeling super bad, super weak, with a full of fever and I wasn't sure if I'm gonna make it, you know, I was, I am here in San Marcos this is a super small town in Guatemala, It's no doctor here no hospital, I have no friend, I came by myself and I didn't have anyone to ask for help, you know. And I had to make a choice. This is what Nina taught me, you know, how you are deciding of what is your reality. So that's uh, one thing that helped me a lot. And then um, I had a panic attack also because of that, you know. My body was super weak and um, it was the third day, no, it was the second day being here by myself, no one close, you know, my family far away in Poland, my uh, partner in California, no chance for help. And what helped me to be grounded is one of the exercises that Keith is talking about um, in this episode called the uh, five four 
three, two, one, and I'm just want to ask you to listen um, the episode to learn what other um, things he's talking about of dealing with fear and panic attacks. And um, I just practice, you know, everything that I am learning and teaching in my podcast. And it works and is a life-saving because this feeling that I had here being by myself uh, in Guatemala, in this tiny town with no, no doctor, no, no medical help, it took me really to the deepest and darkest parts of my soul and brought me all the things that I was trying to run away or hide, you know, and I had to face them. So I'm fine now. <coughs> Yesterday was my first day when I was not um, in a need to stay in bed. And I just hang out in the garden, beautiful garden of this place where I am in. Highly recommend for anyone listening and thinking about coming to Guatemala. Um, especially the town that I am in, San Marcos. It's very peaceful and very quiet and very spiritual and very inspiring into a deep deep um, deep work inside and I chose this town because other people recommend me uh, for these reasons and I came and experienced by myself so the episode with Keith um, about fear about um, something that I think is living with us uh, since at least the pandemic starts uh, very intensively so i think it's very important for us to learn how to manage uh, fear fears and um, i usually talk about my partners and sponsors at the beginning of the podcast but um you can guys you can guys found find all the information in the show notes and um, I just want to tell you that if you feel a call to support my show um, you can just simply donate or you can use a new platform called buy me a coffee which sounds very cheesy and easy going it's all also in the show notes and um, that will help me to keep going with my journey all over the world, all over the Latin America and discovering all these um, interesting people that I am interviewing and meeting in person for an interview. Some of the interviews are online, but some, most of them I'm doing in person and they are results of my my traveling so if you want to support me in this i'll be really honored and um as with all the episodes i hope this episode will also bring you lots of value and lots of um 
practical, uh, important knowledge, how you can create a perfect reality for yourself around you. So enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Hi guys, welcome to Body is a Temple podcast and my guest today will be Keith and we're going to talk about fear, which is a very interesting topic. I'm super excited about that. I have never talked about this in my previous podcast episodes and I think it's super important to face this shadow work, especially during 2020 and 2021. So welcome Keith. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having and, me. How's, uh, how's the weather? How, I'm British. We always start conversations. With uh, weather. How's the <laughs> <okay>. weather with <laughs> you? It looks lovely. Yes, it's, it is super hot. It is super hot all the time. <laughs> I'm in the Caribbean uh, area in Quintana Roo, so it's, it, it is super hot. How is the weather in the UK now? Uh, it's warm here, but probably not as nice as and warm as it is with you. But yes, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. We're enjoying a nice summer. Okay, good. <laughs> so my question at the beginning is always like, where are you from, and like, uh, what what took you to the to the journey that uh, you are here and now in this place? Uh, you know, being a fear specialist. So you already mentioned you're from UK, but can you? Um, make our audience more familiar with your story like yeah sure no worries so uh yeah i, I actually live in um a part of the northeast of scotland uh halfway between aberdeen and inverness which probably means nothing to most people don't worry about it i'm quite far north in the uk i mean in scotland um i born here grew up here um and then went to university down in the south of England and then ended up um, getting a job down there. Lived down in England for many years. Um, I worked in IT for uh, 20 years, reprogramming and upgrading computers um, until I kind of reached the point where I had to do something. Because I, I, growing up, I was always painfully shy. I um, was terrified of speaking with strangers. I mean, there, there would be no way that you and I could do this conversation, for example, because it's like, how can I speak with a stranger for half an hour, three quarters of an hour? What if I run out of things to say? Ah, it would just be too scary, let alone meeting people in real life. Um, which is why working in IT was brilliant, because you do it all behind a computer. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, You don't need to things... speak with anyone. <laughs> exactly, because you do it all through email anyway. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but... Eventually, things in, in any career, when you do well, and I, I was doing well, I had a team report, I had a team, uh, I had people based in um, the UK, in Norway, in the USA, and in Australia, so I had, oh, sorry, New Zealand, so I had people around the world working for me, um, but sooner or later, you reach a point where it's no longer what you know, but it's who you know that gets you your next career um, uh, opportunities and when you're like I used to be painfully shy I would avoid networking avoid going to workshops and conferences and so on I mean the first thing on the list is registration and coffee oh god I've got to speak with people I can't do that so I wouldn't go to them so I didn't make the contacts so my career kind of reached a, a, a plateau 
Why did, why, why, it was was, like that? why it was like it was that? It sounds like super like hard. Like it's something happened in your childhood that makes you afraid of people. Well, yes, because with, with all these things, it's, uh, it stems from what life's like when we're growing up. I, I, I grew up, um, there was just me, my mum, my dad and my sister. And we lived on a, a small farm in the middle of nowhere in um, Scotland for the first four or five years. So I, I never really learned how to socialize with people uh, for my first, first four or five years. And from then, that's the kind of pattern that gets, gets, gets stuck in, in uh, we, get, we get stuck in. So I was always scared of, of speaking with strangers. Plus, um, I, I know there's four words which I bet a lot of people had told to them when they were growing up. Don't talk to strangers. It's so often to our children that because it's it's very it's very useful. It's it's potentially life saving advice for for young young children. Don't talk to strangers, but we know that the dangers. But when was the last time anyone ever said to you, you know what? You're big enough. You're old enough. You know how to look after yourself. It's okay to go and talk to strangers now. Nobody ever tells us this. Well, kind of. Uh, to be honest, like I'm very fortunate here in Tulum in the community because um, maybe I'm yeah. not like super shy. I never had a experience like you, but I also don't like to talk with the strangers. And I'm like, you know, like, but I'm super fortunate here in Tulum that there are like a networking meeting and the facilitators are pushing you to go and talk with the strangers, which I really yeah. don't like. I prefer to yeah. wait that someone comes to me, you know, and then I can talk with the person. But like me going to and talk with someone, for example, like there are meetings for women, which for me is kind of okay to approach the women. But when I need to approach a man, for example, that's like no way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But but that that was kind of how I, how I grew up, and I, I was just terrified of speaking with strangers. Until one day, things came to came to a head. I was in an online community. This was kind of in the days bef- just before Facebook and so on came along. I was in an online community, and we, were, we would chat regularly from behind the keyboard. Easy to speak with people that way. It was coming up to Christmas, and somebody suggested, hey, we all live near London. Why don't we get together and have a Christmas party? And I thought... Normally, I would say no, because that's walking into a room full of strangers. But hey, I've been chatting with these people for about a year from behind the, the computer. How hard can it be? I got there, found exactly how hard it could be, because I'd forgotten. It's one thing tapping away at keyboard. It's quite another when you're actually face-to-face with someone and having real-time conversations. And I, I ended up having a panic attack. I locked myself in the toilet for half an hour and I had a full panic attack. I then ran from the building, didn't calm down till I was on the train and the train was pulling out. That's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, it's ridiculous, but that's, that's how terrified I was. And it was that event which caused me to go, you know what, you can't carry on like this. What is your life going to be like in 10 years' time if you don't do something about this? You're going to be stuck exactly the same as you are now. It's going to be horrible. So I decided I had to do something. And fortunately, about that time, there was a free weekend personal development seminar 
was being run in London. So a friend pretty much dragged me to that. I very nearly, very nearly didn't go because it was a room filled with strangers. But my friend promised me, look, I will be with you the whole time. I won't leave you. Don't worry. You promise now. I promise. <sighs> okay, well, I'll come in for this evening and see how it is, but I'm making no promises. But I went, went to it and got a lot out of it. It was re really good stuff. And I could feel changes in me. And I was thinking, this stuff really works. This, this could be what I need. So because it was a free event, their, their aim was to sell you into their uh, NLP and hypnosis and coach and speaker trainings, which, which is fair enough. Me being me, I decided, right, you know what? I'm going to do this. And if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to go, go for everything. So I bought their top package, training everything, coaching, NLP, hypnosis, speaker training, the lot, thinking I can use this to sort myself out and then grow my IT career. And, I, you know, I completely conquered my fear of speaking with strangers. Also got over two other fears I had, which was fear of spiders and fears of heights. That's completely gone. I was, and I really, really enjoyed the, all the stuff we were learning. And I was sort of thinking, actually, I like this. I'm good at this. I help people get good results. It would be nice to do this for a living instead. But I had a high-paid IT job. I had all the outgoings to go with it, the big house, the, or the house with the big mortgage and everything. It's like, I can't afford to stop this job because I wouldn't be able to make the same money. I'd lose the house. I'm stuck. And then the most magnificent piece of luck, my boss called me into the office and said, because of the financial situation, we have to get rid of your job. You're being made redundant. Basically, here's a wheelbarrow full of cash. Never come back. It's like, huh. If ever I was looking for a sign, this is it. it I, didn't even, I didn't even think about looking for another IT job. I just went, right. I'm a coach now, set up my own business. I'm a coach. I help people conquer fears and, and phobias and, and, and so on. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And that journey then took me around the world. I was in Bali for 18 months, came back via Los Angeles for, for three months, visited all sorts of wonderful places. And I'm now back living in Scotland, 10 miles away from where I was born. Uh, I came back here about five years ago and, uh, yeah. So that's, in a nutshell, that's my, my journey from someone painfully shy to someone who helps people conquer their fears and phobias. And it's through learning all that and all the experiences, my experiences and working with, with other people and uh, researching into it, studying it all. That's how I uh, specialized and became uh, UK's number one fear strategist. And I've helped thousands of people uh, across the planet over the past um, 10, 11 years. So and that's mm. got to be what I do now. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing this uh, story. And we're going to talk about all kinds of fear, but I find very um, potent that your like, uh, primal experience with fear is connected with talking with the strangers, because especially this year and the previous year when we were locked down or even our lockdown still, and our connection with other people uh, is suppressed. And for many children, they can't go to the school for many years. And this kind of 
um, you know, fears might even increase over the next couple of years in, in children. So oh, yeah. I, I, I see that you're, you're not going to be out of job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think this is very, very important, like, because like everybody kind of experiences fear with the strangers, but like the situation that we have with the pandemic, even like make it more impactful for our society this last two years. So yeah, I find it very uh, meaningful that, that you can um, connect with people who are going to have the same fears because what's happening in the dating world even right now, like everything is online. People don't even want to go and yeah. hang out for coffee or anything. They're just like spending hours and <laughs> meaningless chatting. But with, when it comes to a real meeting, no. <laughs> Exactly, and that that that, that is going to be a, a big problem. When you, you you talk about dating and, and online has been, undoubtedly online has been a massive help with with everything with lockdown. I mean, imagine if this had happened, say, in the nineteen eighties, forty years ago, with no internet, it would have been a, a very different place, very scary. Um, so online has has helped people keep connected, but as you point out. This has been, what, 12 months, a year and a half now, where we've been disconnected physically from most people, disconnected from most contact. Um, yes. There, and, there is a lot if, of anxiety about going back into that world. Yes, if I may add something, like as I am uh, researching how important is the the energy that our body make and interact with the energy of someone that is next to you. And it's, you know, totally mm. different impact. And it's science-based already that our organs, our body have the electromagnetic field. And if you are with someone in those fields, like, you know, interacting with each other while you don't have this interaction online at the moment. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, for, for many people, We've kind of got used now to being in smaller groups and we got used to not socializing and not physically connecting with people. So as restrictions lift and as lockdown lifts and let's hope normality returns permanently to the world, for a lot of people that's a really, it can be a really scary thing because they're now having to change what they've got used to over the past 12 to 18 months it's kind of going back out in, into that world and interacting with people again and getting back into the crowded buses and trains and, and all these things. It's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, anxiety for people. And as, as, as you say, you mentioned about people who've been dating exclusively online. I mean, there'll be whole relationships that have developed purely online. Once they reach the point where oh, we now physically meet up, it is a very different situation. It's one thing chilling at home, uh, chat typing away on the keyboard or, or even chatting away over video video or whatever. It's a very different thing being physically within the presence of, of, of somebody else. And yeah, that's going to be scary for some people. And for, for some people, it's going to be almost like going right back to square one of, of dating again. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to present some, some interesting challenges for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So let's talk what fear actually is. Can you tell like a science definition of this? And if you have different one, can you tell your definition? Sure. Um, so fear, it's, it's an, it, 
fundamentally, it's an emotion. And it's, it's an incredibly strong, very deep emotion. And it, it kind of comes from way, way, way back in the primeval days when pretty much anything in the world was either going to eat you or kill you or both. <laughs> so we, we ha our ancestors had to have a very, very, very heightened awareness of everything that was going on around them because there were huge amounts of risk. There was huge risks from uh, other types of animals, from other tribes, um, not, not to mention uh, natural, uh, natural risks as well. So we developed this it's deep, really, really deep. It's in, in, the, uh, in the core of the, the mind, kind of in, it's often, often called the reptilian brain, which is that real core, core part of the brain. You've got, you've got your conscious, which is the bit you think with. It's a bit you're aware your awareness, if you like, is your conscious. We've got the unconscious, which does most of the things that we do when we're breathing. It's our unconscious that's breathing. When we move, when we walk, our unconscious is doing all of that. And then you've got the really, really core bits that basically just concerned with keeping you alive. Is this a threat? Yes or no? And that's kind of where fear comes from. We had to categorize everything as, is this a threat or is it not a threat? And if it's a threat, you had to be ready to either fight for your life or run for your life, which means the body had to uh, 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 fill up with the, the uh, you know, like adrenaline and, uh, and all of these things to, so that the body was able to undertake these uh, superhuman feats of, of running for your life when this, this, this uh, lion is chasing you or, or, or whatever. Um, and that's kind of where fear comes from. It's, it's that brain going, this poses a risk to us. Now, these days, we have far, far, far fewer things that, that pose a threat to us. We're, we're at the top of the food chain, for example. Uh, we have all the, the luxuries and mod cons of, of, of modern life. Uh, we have things we can use to defend ourselves. We've got, we got weapons. We've got all sorts of things we can use to defend ourselves. Life is probably the safest it has ever been for the human, uh, for humans. It's probably now the safest it has ever been in our entire history. However, a lot of this stuff has happened very quickly, very, very rapidly over the course of decades or a couple of hundred years, which, which is nothing in the, in the great scheme of, of things. So we've still got that core part of the brain, which is still operating the same way as it did a hundred thousand years ago when the whole world was pretty much out to get us. It was kill or be killed basically. So it's still operating on the assumption that most of what's out there is going to pose a, a threat to life and limb and it has to be hypervigilant and it has to check for, for any risks. And anytime there's a risk, we're going to be ready at a moment's notice to fight for our life or, or, or flee for our life which is not the situation that we're actually in, but that's, that's the way the core part of our, our, our brain is, is, is operating. And that, that's kind of where fear comes from because we sense that we detect things which pose a risk, but even though these days that risk is, is far milder. I mean, let's face it, speaking with a stranger, the biggest risk is usually that they'll tell you to go away. 
And that's 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 the biggest risk that, that, that you face. But that core part of our mind hasn't caught up. It hasn't evolved as, as rapidly as society has evolved. It still perceives things as if it's a threat, it could kill us and we need to, we, our life is on the line. We need to be ready to do whatever it takes to, to survive. So for, for some people, well, for anybody, depending upon the situation, these things happen which cause your mind to go, oh, this is a risk, and it immediately flips into overdrive because as far as it's concerned, a risk is a threat to life and limb. Whereas for us in modern society, a risk is far, far less threatening. Usually the worst thing that could happen is you get a little bit embarrassed for, for a few moments, which is not life-threatening. It's unpleasant, but it's not life-threatening. But the core of our brain still thinks, still thinks in terms of either it's perfectly safe or it's life-threatening, which is where fear comes from. It's, it's perceiving that here is something which is, could be a threat, could be a risk. This could harm us in some way. And it's our body and um, core part of our brain's way of alerting us to this and going, look, you have to pay attention to this. This could kill you. That's, that's kind of what fear is. And as I said, when uh, way hundreds of thousands of years back in the past, when we were at great risk from everything, um, we had constant, constant risks every, every day. Everyday life was a constant risk. So we were always on the lookout for, for these threats. Modern life, far, far safer, far fewer threats. There's very few things that actually pose a, a significant risk to us on a day-to-day -day basis. But our mind is still expecting there to be constant things. So it kind of almost makes up risks and makes up fears because it knows it's doing something so it make almost makes them up to fill fill that gap because it hasn't got used yet to the concept that life isn't that threatening anymore and that's kind of and why I, we end up with fears of sorry go on yeah uh yeah that's that's totally i agree with you and uh, my mentor uh is saying that fear is false evidence appearing real because this is what you're talking about like our minds make up from you know some different things something that this is a life written which is actually not because as you said like there's not that much really life letting things around us but our mind can perceive that this some evidence that they might appear real like as a real life threatening things so yes <laughs> yeah um i mean I, I, these, I go so far as to say that these days, um, fear is actually your friend. Because fear is simply telling you, hey, there's something here we need to look at. In the old days, it was, hey, here's something that, that could kill us. Now it's, hey, here's, here's something we need to look at. So fear is, it, it's kind of like if you're driving a car and the light appears on your dashboard. What do you do? Do you jump out of the car screaming and run off in a panic, vowing never to go near a car again because a light came on? Do you ignore it? And well, hopefully not, hopefully not. <laughs> Do you ignore the light and just decide, you know what, that's, yeah, it's nonsense. I'm just going to ignore it and I'm going to carry on anyway. Well, you could, but whatever caused that light to come on, it's only going to get worse. And a few miles down the road, you run out of fuel or your engine overheats and seizes up because you run out of oil or whatever it is. Or do you go, hmm, that light's telling me something. What is it? How urgent is it? 
can I solve it myself? With those three pieces of information, you can then decide whether you need to stop everything you're doing and address the situation right now, or whether it's something you can do a little bit later on, or whether you need to put the car into your friendly, uh, friendly uh, garage and get the mechanic to, 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 to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And nice. really for us these days, that's, that's what fear is. It's just this light coming on the dashboard of our mind saying, hey, someone we need to look at here. It's then up to us to work out how, how, um, how significant is the problem, how urgent is the problem, and is it something I can address or do I need to get ex- external help to address? So if, it, if it's like a, mi- a minor problem, like on the car, it might just be telling you that the, the, the water in the screen wash bottle is, is empty. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's annoying. I can fill that up later on. Or it might be saying you're down to your last gallon of fuel. Okay, I don't have to stop right now, but as soon as I get to a petrol station, I need to fill up. Or it might be saying, oh, you've got no oil pressure, in which case it's right. Let's stop immediately, switch the engine off, figure out what's going on so we don't, we don't destroy it. And that's, that's what fear is when you get right down to it. It's, nowadays, it's telling us there's something here, you need to take a look at it. Unfortunately, although the car dashboard, all the lights are neatly labeled and we've got the, instru- the owner's manual that tells you what, if this light comes on, do this. Unfortunately, we haven't got one of those for the brain. It would be nice if we had an owner's manual. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. So, so often, so often we're, we're, oh, I don't know what to do. Ah, panic. Whoa. Or worse, we ignore it completely. Um, and the thing is, if we ignore it, our mind doesn't go, huh, well, they ignored it. Oh, I'll forget about it. No, 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 no. Our mind is going, no, this needs to be dealt with. They're ignoring me. I need to shout louder. I need to jump up and down. I need to grab their attention. And so our fear gets stronger and bigger until eventually we pay attention. Which, which is why, I mean, you, you, there's, there's the phrase about um, face the fear, do it anyway. So often it doesn't work. Because that, that's basically going, right, fuel warning lights come on in my car, but I'm just going to carry on driving anyway. Whatever caused that light to come on is still there. It's going to cause whatever's going to happen. So if, if you have a fear and you kind of just ignore it and carry on what you're doing, your mind is just going to get do more and more until it gets your attention. It could well be that the fear is caused by something genuine, not something life-threatening, but something that could derail your plans. In which case, ignoring it, you plow ahead and disaster. Whereas if you pause reflect okay what is it what is it that i'm scared of what is that telling me what do i need to do to stop that light being on what do i need to fix and then i can uh, move move forward okay that's easier said than done but imagine yourself like having this panic <laughs> a- attack uh, on the on the christmas meeting when you lock yourself uh, you know in the toilet like imagine yourself okay i'm gonna stop now and watch my fear from the distance it just don't work like that when you have this actual fear attack <laughs> and panic attack like so what what do you do kind of like what what can you how can you like do anything when you are kind of like out of control actually you know because your body is closet with different hormones because of this fear and you know it's like 
you kind of can't help it what's going on with your heart or with your brain at that time like so what do you suggest exactly and you're absolutely right there because once we're in fear the emotion has taken over it's very hard to switch it off because as you say you've got all the hormones going through your body your body's preparing to run or or or, or flee and the problem is our emotional part of our brain which is our unconscious works far more quickly than the logical conscious side of the brain so the emotions kick in and then the logic part catches up and goes wait a minute this isn't a problem there's nothing to be scared of but by that time your body is as you say flooded with with hormones you're ready to fight or fly you're you're in that that panic attack which is why you you can't logic yourself out of of fear at the time so there's kind of two steps there's one is a is get overcoming that initial panic which i'll cover in just a moment and then realizing okay now that i've calmed down i need to find what's caused this and address it so it doesn't happen again so it's a two-step thing and that's where so many people go wrong they they overcome the initial fear and go oh phew well that's over but they haven't addressed the underlying issue so to to answer your question of what can you do when you're in the midst of this panic you're having an anxiety attack or a panic you're terrified there's some uh, and you have to follow simple steps because you're not really a position to be able to do much more than, than that the important thing to do is, is to get get out of that emotional state as quickly as you can how can you do that one great uh, i'm going to share a couple of things you can do one it's it sounds incredibly simple but it is surprisingly powerful and that is to pause and just take four or five slow deep breaths if you can breathe all the way in through your nose deeply hold it for a few seconds breathe out all the way out through your mouth hold it for a few seconds now chances are when you first try to do that it's going to be quite rapid breaths because you are you're breathing rapidly and shallowly but just focus on each breath make it just a little bit longer and a little bit deeper than the previous one and just focus all your attention on that breathing maybe even count as you're breathing in and as you're breathing out and just make those counts slightly longer each time because what you're doing here is something physical and something uh, psychological from the physical side by slowing the breathing down breathing deeper you're getting more oxygen into the body you're getting you're get oxygenating your brain you're giving you're giving your body a chance to to calm down from the from the, the heightened state that it's in and mentally by focusing on the breathing you're taking some of the attention off the the um the emotion side because you can't concentrate on two different things at once we can't consciously focus on two different things at once so if you're focusing all your attention on the breathing and noticing everything about your breathing concentrating on the counting and how deeply am i breathing and make it slightly more each time all the time you're doing that you've got less time for your mind to be focusing on the panic and, and the fear and a really cool thing about thoughts is you don't have to think thoughts thoughts come and go all the time 
you don't have to dive into the thought. You don't have to think it and engage with it. And in fact, if you don't, then within just a matter of seconds, it will dissipate, it will disappear, evaporate. And uh, some other thought will come along. Because we have all these different thoughts coming uh, at us all the time. We don't engage in most of them. And they just come and go and disappear. So by slowing your breathing down, forcing yourself to slow your breathing down, focusing on it, that allows some of the thought that was causing the panic to start to disappear and evaporate. So we just do that for half a minute or so. Sometimes, sometimes that's enough for us to go, right, I can now start to deal with the situation. Of course, many times the panic is so deep that even just that breathing doesn't help, in which case there's another thing you can do, which is, um, it goes by various names, often called the, the 54321 method. What you do, and this works really well if you've started with the breathing and then go into the 54321. Notice five different things you can see from where you are. Just what are five different things you can see? And they can be absolutely anything, big or small, important, trivial, whatever it is. Just notice five different things you can see. And really focus on each one of them. What can you, what can you see about it? What is it? Just really notice it all the detail about it then what are four things you can touch right now right where you are what are four things you can touch and it could be as simple as i don't know touch the arm of the chair that you're currently sat in while you're having your panic attack or maybe you've got your keys in your pocket touch your keys what do they feel like what's the texture the temperature what are four different things you can touch then focus on what are three different things you can hear. Three different things. What, what sound are they making? Are they natural? Are they man-made? Where are they? Are they moving? What type of sound is it? Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Is it loud, quiet? Three different things you can hear. Then what are two things you can smell? What are two different smells you can detect? Sometimes that can take a few moments because uh, often we don't, we're not really focusing on, on, on what we can smell, but what are two different things you can smell? And then finally, what is one thing you can taste? What does the inside of your mouth taste like right now? Does it taste the same everywhere or does it taste slightly different in different parts of your mouth? So go through this five, four, three, two, one process. And by focusing on all these different things, it takes us out of our mind takes us out of uh, the panic, gets us uh, expanding our horizons, focusing on outside rather than focusing what's on inside. And it really helps to distract our mind from, from the panic. And it gives us that time to allow those thoughts to start to disappear, allows us time to calm down enough so that we can then start to go, right, okay, now what do I do about this situation? Do I need to get out of this? Can I cope with this? Is there something I can do differently? Is there someone I could speak to? Is there someone here I know and I can just go over and say hello to them? Or do I just need to take myself off to, I don't know, off to the balcony and have a look out, look at what's going on outside for a couple of minutes. It just gives, give, it's kind of that, that, that safety switch, that break that um, disrupts what's going on. 
enough for you to be able to start to regain a little bit of control. So those are the things you can do immediately when the, when the panic starts. You find yourself, in, and I, I really wish I'd known this back when I was at that Christmas party. It would have been a very different result. Um, but do those. And then afterwards, it's then time to think, okay, what caused that panic? Was it a one-off? Or is it something that I need to find some way to address in the future so it doesn't happen again? Just a kind of a two-step process for fear. Is that, is that making sense at all? Yes, absolutely. It's making sense. Um, oh. I want to <laughs> ask about different types of fears because we have phobias. We have the, you know, the fear with talking to strangers. Can you kind of define and distinguish what are the difference between those fears? Cool. So um, a, great, a great distinction to make is the difference between fear and phobia. Um, and really, a phobia is a particular type of fear. It's an intense, irrational fear of something that doesn't pose you a risk. And that's what makes it a phobia. It's intense. It's really strong feelings, very strong emotion. It's irrational because you know the thing can't harm you. You know like when spider. you think about it logically. Exactly. I mean, if that spider comes near, you know you, you could squash it without with barely moving a muscle. It's no actual threat to you, but that fear is there. It's terrifying. So it's an intense irrational fear of something that doesn't pose you a threat that's what makes fear a phobia so it's the intensity and the fact that it's just it can't harm me and yet i'm terrified of it and it, it people who have phobias very often they know it's an irrational fear they'll, they'll sort of say look i know that thing can't harm me but my god get rid of it it doesn't help it's irrational doesn't help because when we're in that state it's like oh we've got all that adrenaline all the hormones going we can't rationalize ourselves out of it so that that's what makes something a phobia as opposed to just a fear which and sometimes we're screaming is, uh, like yeah exactly <laughs> exactly because it, it's so intense whereas with other types of fears it could be much less of a it could be less strong it's like oh goodness me oh i don't like that oh that's a bit scary or it could be something that genuinely poses you a threat uh, when i help people conquer their fears of heights for example I don't want them to end up going, right, I'm over my fear of heights. I'm going to climb up the tallest building and run along the roof. That's not healthy. That's dangerous. People, and people If somebody climbed up onto the roof, they're going to get up there and they go, oh, actually, this is a bit of a silly idea. Let's, let's just climb down. I don't feel too safe up here. It's all about having a healthy respect for the dangers in life. So it, it's not making you totally fearless because that does pose a risk. But what it means is you're no longer going, I can't go on to the second floor of this building because then it's high up and I'm going to panic. So it's, it's all about making sure that you still have a healthy respect for the dangers of life, but you're able to, to function pro uh, properly. You're able, to, you're able to go through life without being terrified of things that don't pose a threat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh to just trying to summarize a little bit um, our conversation, uh, because you have broad experience as an entrepreneur also, you change your career. If you could advise the listeners one thing that they can start doing from today that would 
change their life? What would it be and why? Ooh, nice one. Um, I think, uh, I think what I would, I would suggest is you kind of, you know what, where you want to be in life. Because we, we've all got dreams and ambitions. Some of us have huge dreams that we, we can describe in great detail. Some of us just have like a rough idea. Yeah, I, I kind of like whatever. But you, you know inside what you want in life. So really focus on what is it that you want? What's that going to be like? What do you need for all of that? What do you need to be able to have that lifestyle? Then work out where am I now? What have I got now? So you know what you need to get where you want to be. You know what you've got now. Look at the difference between where you are and where you want to be. And then ask yourself this question. What is stopping me getting from here to there? Something is stopping you. Something is holding you back. What is it? Because inside that, you will find, ultimately, it's driven by a fear. There's a fear in there somewhere that's holding you back. Now, sometimes people will say, oh, Keith, that's crazy. I know where I want to be. I'm not scared. It's just I don't know how to get there. There is still a fear that's holding you back. Because if you don't know how to get there, what do you do? Ask someone. Ask somebody, hey, this is where I am. That's where I want to be. What do I need to do to get there? What did you do to get there? What would you do if you wanted to get there? You can ask I think there's a research. fear of failure on the way, you know, because you, they might ask someone and, you know, start doing something and it's not working and they are afraid that they're going to fail, you know, on the way and they will not get there, actually. So that, that's also mm, that, another that, fear that might Yeah, appear. that can be a big fear. Exactly. But, but find out what, what is it? fundamentally that, that I'm afraid of that's stopping me doing whatever it is I need to do to get this next step. That's what I would uh, uh, strongly uh, suggest uh, working on because you you never know what you're going to uncover. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible. You may still not achieve all of those things you're looking for, but you know what? You're still going to have a fantastic life on the way because it's, it's all about the journey. It's what you uncover on the way and you may end up somewhere even better than you'd ever dreamt of because you took those steps. You went, right, what is it that's holding me back? What am I scared of? Overcome that. Let's see where we go. And who knows where you end up. It could well be somewhere even better than you'd originally been dreaming of or because you, you took that action. So that would be my advice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you for that. Who are the most influential people in your life? Your mentors or teachers or someone to, that make big impact uh, on who you are? Gotcha. That, that is a really good question. And it also reminds me of uh, a question I've, I've often seen, which is, what, is the, what was the most life-changing book you ever read? Mm -hmm. And my answer in both of those cases is for me, I can't single out one individual person or one individual mentor or even one individual book because for me, it's, it's all about every, the, the little bits that you pick up along the way from, from everyone. Cause I've, I've never been one to sort of like have one person makes a massive change. 
But what I have found is you listen to different people, you get different bits from them. Sometimes you get a big, aha, sometimes it'll be a little, well, that's interesting. But it's all these bits build up and build up over time. And it can sometimes be that you, you hear something from person A, you think, yeah, okay, that's interesting. And then a little while you hear something from person B and you go, now I see what person A was about. That makes yes, and the two bits come together. Whereas if you'd heard it the other way around, it wouldn't have made any sense and you wouldn't have got anywhere. So I, I, I mean, I can't really single out an individual or even a, a, group, a small group of individuals because for me, it's bringing together all the different life experiences because I, I believe you can learn from everyone, from everything, from good and bad. I mean, I know looking back over my previous career, I learned a lot of it. I had some really good managers and really good bosses and I learned a lot from them. And I had a couple of really bad managers and I learned a lot from them as well. Um, not the things they would have wanted me to learn, but I learned a lot from them. Even if it's just learning, ooh, that's not a good way. To, that doesn't feel nice being treated that way. I will make sure when I have a team, I don't treat them in that way. So we, we can learn from everyone. So I, I would say every single person I've had any interaction with has in some way contributed to, to me being who I am now. Yes, beautiful. Totally agree. That answers your question. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, it does. And I agree with that. Sometimes I'm reading something and I just, it's just not sitting in me. And then I am in some process of a couple of years reading other stuff. And then I'm like, have an insight. Oh, so that what was this book about? Or that what was this yeah. podcast about? So I totally exactly. agree <laughs> with this. Um, so you uncovered ba uh, basically like a basic um, steps for working with fear and what fear is. But can you tell to the listeners if they want to dive more in the subject and work with you, where they can connect with you, where they can find more about you, how they can, you know, use uh, your work to start working with their, their fears? Sure. Um, this place would probably, prob God best place would probably be to go to my website which is it's all one word keith blakemore noble all one word dot com uh you'll find my podcasts there you'll find uh, my books there uh blogs hopefully lots of useful articles covering many of these things plus more information about the ways in which i help people some of the people i've helped which will help hopefully inspire you to even if not to work with me to at least go, oh, so it is possible to make change. I can make changes and to start finding ways to making change in your life and the ways in which, which, which I can help. So yeah, if you go to keithblakemorenoble.com, you'll find uh, all the information there. You can uh, contact me through there. Or if you prefer social media, I'm on most of the big platforms. Just look for the name Keith Blakemore Noble. I'm blessed by being the only person on the planet with this name. So wherever you look, if you find something good or bad, it's me. Okay. So yeah. that, and I've, yeah, and I've, the website's the best place. <laughs> of course, I'm going to put all the links in the, in the show notes uh, of the episode. Um, our time is uh, running out. Uh, any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience about life, about fear, wherever you, it's in your mind. 
Oh, bless. A um, couple, couple of things I'd say. One is, because um, I know when I go on podcasts, I often get people will, will get in touch because they've um, something that, that, that we've covered in the podcast has been of interest to them. I definitely encourage your, your, your listeners to do the same. If something that I've said here resonates with you or, or makes you see things in a different way, I'd love to have a chat with you. And uh, if you do get in touch and connect with me, I, uh, I've got a thing called Forward Through Forgiveness, which is all about letting go from the past and moving on to the future. I'll be more than happy to give your listeners uh, a discount on that. It's an online course you take at your own pace. So if you get in touch with me, let me know about that you caught the podcast and that you're interested in that. I'll be more than happy to give you 20% off that. Yes. Do they need going to have like a discount code or just like with the password body is a temple? How do you? Uh, the, either just talk directly to me, uh, mention it and we'll get it sorted out. Or if you go onto my website and buy free uh, f- forward through forgiveness, use the code temple, all, all lowercase, and you'll get, your, you'll get your 20% off okay and thank you yeah. the final sorry i was going to say that yeah, the yeah. one other mm-hmm. thing thought i just like to leave people with is that um sure. just the thought that change is always possible and when you change your mind you change your life just something to think about yes i like that a lot thank you so much for this conversation i hope we um inspire people to work with their fears <laughs> Let's hope so, yes. And thank you for having me. I've I've thoroughly loved this. It's been a really good conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with me. Thank you so much for listening. And I just want to remind you that the biggest support that you can give for my show is just to leave the comment, reach me on uh, any kind of social media, Instagram, Facebook, or through the email. It's really easy name. It's at kari.life.art. It's K-A-R-I. And I really want to hear from you. What is your take on from this episode? Did you um, hear something that uh, will help you in a near future or further future? Uh, what did you learn? Like, what did you find value in any of the episodes this one or any other that you listen to i'm sure they are all bringing um some inspirations for up leveling and creating your reality and this is the biggest support for me just your comment your feedback uh, also if you didn't like something or you're not happy with um, the way I'm making the the podcast or the way I'm making the interviews, this is also value information for me because I'm I'm doing this I'm <laughs> I'm doing this for myself, but it's my me is you, you is me, so I'm doing this for all of us, you know, and. I want to hear what's what's the perception of this work and how I can really make it the best I can and how I can um, 
become a number one podcaster in the world about health, longevity and spirituality. So I hope you hear this beautiful song here uh, in the Guatemala Lake Pierre Harbor, small harbor. I'm promising to add the picture from this um, podcast station that I have this beautiful morning so you can feel the vibe and um, in the show notes you can find all the information how you can find me how we can find Keith how you can support um, any of us uh, information about my partners which are really great brands that I am truly recommend from the bottom of my heart um, and they service and they product can also help you to up level your life and your health so just check out the show notes and connect with us through the quantum reality of the internet and in the meantime have a nice day and make your life art <laughs>